Hi, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Greg Lois. I'm the managing partner of Lois Law Firm. And if you're joining me today, it's to discuss virtual hearings in New York. Uh, this is really just an update on virtual hearings in New York. Uh, we've done a few presentations already on the process. Uh, but today is a special day in virtual hearings because virtual hearings come to Long Island Hearing Point today. Specifically, the Hopog Hearing Point goes virtual as of today, August 13th. So we thought today would be a great day to do a webinar on this topic, answer some questions, and talk about our experience so far. Uh, this is totally live. Uh, I'm sitting here in front of a computer. I can look down. I can see questions as they pop up here. So please feel free to ask questions as we proceed, and I'll try to answer them the best I can. Um, I'll try to answer all the questions at the end. So type them in now. I'll see them pop up, and I'll answer them as we go along. Um, virtual hearing process has been rolled out across the state. Uh, I'm really kind of excited at how quickly they've done it. Uh, we know that the board likes to start initiatives and then sort of over time roll them back or reverse them. This one seems to be moving out full, head, full steam ahead. Uh, we are now uh, in almost every single hearing point across the entire state. Uh, the exceptions to that are uh, Garden City, which goes virtual two weeks from today on August 27th, uh, Manhattan, and Jamaica. And really, if you look at the way they rolled out virtual hearings in the state of New York, they went from some of the smallest hearing points to now we're getting into some of the biggest hearing points. Certainly, Hopog is a very busy, uh, high-volume hearing point, and, the, uh, and Brooklyn as well is another big, uh, high-volume hearing point. The remaining hearing points that are not virtual right now are Garden City, which goes virtual in two weeks, uh, and then Manhattan and Queens. Now, Jamaica Queens as a hearing point has something like 100,000 new claims assembled there a year, and that's uh, out of a system that's going to assemble something in the realm of about 300,000 new claims a year. So approximately one-third of the new volume in the system every year is in the Jamaica hearing point, uh, which is uh, Queens and the Bronx. So it's my expectation that that's going to be uh, most likely be the last hearing point that goes virtual. Um, and I think the next one we'll see is probably Manhattan. Now, we do not have a date yet. Uh, the board has a, a website, and I'm going to go to that now and just show you what it looks like. The uh, website um, talks about virtual hearings. And as you can see, when you scroll down through it, it'll give you all of the virtual hearing points that have gone virtual already. Uh, and then they'll say what's coming up next. And so we can see this is the announcement they made that says starting on August 13th, uh, it was going to come to Hopog and then Garden City next. So the board has been uh, announcing them as it goes. Um, but at this point, we don't have information about exactly when uh, those hearing points are, gonna, are going to uh, become uh, uh, available for virtual hearings. Now, I love virtual hearings for my clients, and there's a lot of reasons for that. First, uh, they are reducing our costs for travel time uh, down to almost nothing. Parking, tolls, all that is going away. And that's pretty dramatic in a system where you could have a hearing that's only scheduled for 10 minutes of time. Uh, to completely eliminate the travel time or travel costs associated with a hearing for an attorney is great because I can pass along those savings directly to my client. Next, 
there are rules in place that state that the claimant cannot come into a virtual hearing and uh, sabotage our hearing or waylay us like they like to do by producing uh, new medical evidence or doctor's notes at these hearings. Uh, the rules are that they must uh, provide those records to us five days prior to the hearing. In practice, uh, the parties are exchanging emails and uh, direct phone calls right before the hearings, and so materials are getting passed out. Um, but hmm, I don't really know how to do that. Hmm. She's telling me that I've skipped ahead here. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, five days before the hearing, we were supposed to exchange materials, um, but in practice, that's not really happening. Um, and another great benefit for us and for my clients is that it's a lot easier for us to get witnesses into court and for my clients to participate in proceedings. Uh, and that happens really in two ways. First, um, actually bringing in employer witnesses to dispute our version of events. You know, there's a time and a cost and an expense associated with that, with, you know, particularly some of my retail clients who don't want to pull somebody in off the retail floor or out of the building uh, during November, December, and January. Those are our busy months, and we don't want to take someone out of the employment to bring them into a workers' comp court, uh, perhaps, and testify. Uh, or maybe the, uh, the employer, there's expense. The, the uh, employee is in a different state who could provide the most credible information, and it's just expensive. Uh, so now we're able to produce witnesses virtually. Uh, in our office, we have a conference room that we set up cameras in and we'll use um, to bring in employer witnesses so they'll come into our office. They don't have to go to court. We'll prepare them here in the office and then they will appear virtually over video. It's really easy and saves us a lot of time and money. Uh, the good news is that anybody can participate uh, over video and that includes uh, the claimants. And so uh, that's useful because now the claimant's excuse of I couldn't get to court, I had an issue, well really anybody, everybody has a smartphone uh, or even they can just call in over the telephone, they don't even have to be on video, but they can uh, download an app. Uh, this is using Citrix WebEx uh, technology, which is pretty ubiquitous, so you don't even need a computer to call in and come to court. So uh, it, eliminates the adjournment or unnecessarily continuance because the claimant's unavailable. Uh, my adversaries do not like the system because I do not think claimant's attorneys really want their clients coming to their office to testify from their office. And so what we've seen is a lot of claimants are still going to court, uh, even though the, the, the judge may be appearing over video and the carrier or the employer's attorneys appearing over video. Um, in all, I think this is good for employers because of the reduction in cost. And then uh, the training of opportunities. So I've had clients uh, who have sent their adjusters to come watch a virtual proceeding. And these are adjusters who might be on the other side of the country uh, and who will never have the opportunity to go to a New York workers' compensation proceeding and see one firsthand. And now they are having that opportunity because they can watch the whole thing live over the video. Uh, so we can have them check in, um, not appear, not, they're not there to be questioned. They're just sort of sitting there in the virtual benches and the seats just watching the trial go in. And that's a really great learning experience for the clients as well. All right, um, let's come over here and let me see if I have any questions uh, from the audience because uh, what really makes this meaningful is to answer your questions or to see some of your experiences that you've had uh, with virtual hearings. And I'm looking down 
I don't see any questions yet, so please, if you're um, out there and you have a question, now would be the time to type it to me. I can see the questions. Um, so far, I'm just scanning through here. Nothing, just saying I can see you, Greg, but no questions. Um, all right, so uh, my experience with virtual hearing, uh, the first one I ever did, was that it was a little bit scary, and, and I also was a little concerned that I was going to um, screw it up somehow because there is uh, a technological hurdle to uh, meet. Uh, what we've done here is put cameras in every single one of our attorney offices as well as our main conference room that we'll use when we have to bring in many witnesses. Uh, so that and, and then we went on to the uh, Workers' Compensation Board's website and they do have a testing program that you can use to test to make sure that your equipment is up to speed. So uh, when the virtual hearing is scheduled, let's say it's scheduled for 1 o'clock uh, p.m., uh, you simply log on to the system and you sit there and you just wait. It'll tell you if the other party has already logged on and who has logged on. And once all the parties have logged on, the judge can press a button and call the case, and then you'll get a little tone, and you have, I think, 20 seconds uh, to press go and enter the hearing. And if you're ready and all the parties are ready, the matter would then proceed at that time. Um, and it would really work flawless every time that we've used it. Uh, a lot of my attorneys uh, were very used to going to court and like going to court, and were a little bit resistant, but I think over time, uh, I think everyone's really liked the idea of uh, handling as many of these matters virtually as we can. Uh, what we're finding, and this is a very busy practice with uh, 20 attorneys, and each attorney with many, many files, many, many hearings in an average week, we're finding about 90% of the time we're going or attending to our proceedings virtually, meaning uh, doing it over the video WebEx conferencing system and not doing it in person. Um, Simple matters in particular are very amenable to a virtual hearing, and that would be things like a settlement put through or a dispute about a medical bill or a medical procedure. Um, areas where we want to have a trial or we're bringing in live testimony or we're going to surprise a claimant, uh, particularly with surveillance video, those are generally better done in person. And so uh, we have a system in which an, if an associate wants to go to court because they think there is a good reason to do so, they would talk to a responsible partner get that permission and then they can attend in person. I was also concerned that we would lose the ability to sort of rub elbows with our adversaries and the judges um, and that you know those sort of side uh, office deals that we make or the hallway settlement negotiations uh, would be diminished in some way. But really we haven't seen that. We've seen that because the parties have to exchange their phone numbers before the proceeding, because you have these 20 minutes or so before your hearing gets called, we call up our adversary, we'll settle the case that way. Um, oftentimes in court, the claimant is not, attorney is not going themselves, they're sending a per diem attorney, someone they're paying $100 to make the appearance for, who doesn't have settlement authority anyway. Uh, so we haven't really seen it impact our ability to settle cases or resolve them out of court. All right, I see some questions. Um, uh, popping up here, John asked the question, Greg, did you say that the claimant can appear? I had a bad connection, couldn't hear you. Yes, the claimant can appear. In fact, all parties still have the option to appear in person. Um, the parts of the system that are mandatory are check-in. Uh, we are no longer allowed to check-in in the hearing point. We can't walk into a courtroom and say, I'm here for the carrier today, or I'm here for the employer judge, mark my name down. 
you have to check in virtually and that is a requirement uh, but there is no requirement that you must appear virtually and I think that's really to accommodate maybe some law firms that haven't sort of caught up with the technology yet are not ready to do it. Uh, Arlene, can some parties be at a physical hearing point and others be virtual or do all parties need to be virtual? Okay, so the answer is yes, you can. Uh, some parties may appear if they prefer. Uh, and generally speaking, we are seeing most claimants going to court or appearing by phone. Uh, it does not seem to us that claimants' attorneys want these claimants in their office. All right, uh, Arlene says thanks, you answered my question. All right, that's all the questions I have right now. So if you have any questions I haven't got to, please feel free to either type them in now uh, or let me know. I'm always happy to answer questions on this topic. Uh, please feel free to email me or call me. And so far, I'm very bullish on the virtual hearing process. I think it's pretty clear to me that uh, as more and more hearing points have gone virtual, and my practice was primarily focused in the metropolitan New York City area, but now we've expanded because we're taking cases in Buffalo and Rochester and Syracuse and Utica and all the other places that have gone virtual. Uh, we've seen it be very smooth, uh, and generally speaking, my attorneys are really happy with the process and not having to spend hours in their car driving back and forth to some hearing point. Instead, being able to spend that time uh, guiding and counseling their clients, so they feel really good about that. Um, I also think it's great, particularly for the adjusters, to be able to watch proceedings as they take place and, of course, for us producing witnesses. So I see a lot of big advantages for our clients. I'm very excited that today Hopog is going virtual. I know our, our senior associate, Adam Lowenstein, who lives right outside the Hopog hearing point there in Long Island, uh, was kind of sad because I think he likes going to court every day and having and seeing everybody. Uh, but we're going to be encouraging that to be uh primarily handled virtually. And of course, there are going to be those exceptions, that 10% of the cases that do need an attorney there in person. Uh, last question comes from Lisa. She's asked the question, Greg, can one party require that the other party attend a hearing in person? The answer is no. We cannot require the claimant to be there in person, nor can they require a defense witness or the defense attorney to be there in person either. So neither party has the power to require this right now. Uh, it does seem that once this rolls out, the board may just eliminate in-person hearings in total, uh, which would be something like uh, your unemployment hearing experience, which are always conducted over the phone. Uh, but right now, it is voluntary for both parties. It is an option. It is not mandatory. The only part of the system that is mandatory is the attorney check-in procedure. And with that, I want to thank everybody for joining us. I hope everybody has a great day. And of course, if you have any other questions about this ever, please feel free to reach out to me. Have a great week, everyone.